Welcome to the Recovering Academic Podcast. I'm Amanda, and I'm at the beginning of my journey outside academia through starting my own scientific editorial service. I'm Ian, and I'm in the process of leaving academia, aiming for a career in science communication or editing. And I'm Dr. PMS. I left academia about one year ago to work as a biotech salesperson, and I'm still in recovery. We're in various phases of transitioning out of academia, and we'll share insights, advice, and problems we encounter at each stage. So I guess kind of where we want to start here is the how and why we started the podcast. Right. Yeah, because, right, why are we here? Do you want to start since you are the initiator of this idea? (laughs) Sure. So, um... I decided, so I wanted, okay, so I decided that I was going to leave academia over the course of the past year, and I sort of started working on building up my freelance business, trying to come up with a good exit strategy, and then about a month ago, I actually left, and I kind of found myself wandering through the wilderness and not really knowing, not really knowing my way, because you kind of, academia is such a, um, I don't know. I don't want to use the word cult, but like, you know, uh, insulated environment. An ivory tower? Whenever you are training in academia, it seems that uh, everything leads to being a PI and, and working in a research lab. And there, and then whenever you think about, okay, uh, I want to leave academia, people say like, oh my God, there are tons of things that you can do. But then you kind of like, <laughs> yes. okay, so what exactly I can do? And, and there's nothing out there to, like in the internet, it's very tough to find. And, and it seems that is a very unknown territory. Right. Right. And then there's the fact that, because like, I'm still in academia and it, like academia is sticky, right? Like it's not, <laughs> like, you know, it's got heavy, like it's got a lot of gravity. Like it'll, it, you know. Once it's attracted things, it tends to hold on to them for a long time. Like I know people like n- escape hole. orbit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I know people make it out, but it's just a you know something that like I've had a hard time with as I've really been trying to make this decision and move out of academia for real. I've just noticed like the pull of gravity and like maybe it's because of the chosen direction like that's getting me back always seems to come back to wow science is really cool but i'm also but it's also because maybe i'm aiming for a science adjacent career because i want to not do the bench work part of it anymore but academia seems really sticky so yes and i felt like a lot of my identity a lot of the friends that i had made um were through academia and so i suddenly felt like well i didn't have as much in common with them as I did in the past. And um, people who had kind of mentored me suddenly, like, they weren't mean or standoffish or, you know, not taking my phone calls, but it was just more of they didn't know what to do with me anymore. Like, they weren't able to offer me advice. Like you were saying with, um, like, Dr. PMS was saying about, um, that you there's hard to find resources and things on the internet that my mentors just didn't know what to do so i came up with i like listening to podcasts 
So I came up with the idea of starting my own podcast and kind of filling in those gaps for that resource of not, of at least listening to people who got out and what we're doing now. And I knew that Dr. PMS had gotten out about a year ago and I knew that you were thinking about it. So I asked both of you. I was really happy because uh, I felt that gap and I briefly, um, I wrote some blog posts about it, about like how was the transition for me. And I tried to give a little bit of advice of uh, how uh, it worked for me and how I did it. But uh, at the same time, I got my new job and then everything was new and I was busy. So I didn't really continue writing things that I wanted to write on my blog. And, and I felt that uh, there was like a lot of people that were writing to me and they were like on Twitter, there was a lot of response. Oh, thank you so much. That is so great. And, uh, can I, and I, I actually did a, a couple of, uh, informal interviews with people that wanted to talk to me and, and we talk on the phone. So I feel that there is really a, a niche for that. You know, there's, there is really this piece missing out there. And, and I was really happy to, to contribute. Yeah. I know that I called you and talked to you before I made my decision. Cause I was, I was hesitant because it's scary to step out into that unknown because I mean, you start off as a, maybe it was just me, but you start off as a doe-eyed naive graduate student and you're kind of shepherded along this path that you go through graduate school you get your defend you defend your phd you get your postdoc and then of course you go on the market and look for a pi job and then stepping off of that just you know something that you've worked for for you know five eight nine decade or so is scary yeah and I'm here, I guess, like I'm the trailing indicator. It's, I'm still in academia and I'm trying to step out and I'm doing a lot of, turns out, writing online for various blogs now. Um, my own mostly, but I, I've been asked to contribute a couple of articles to um, various other places in the last year and a half because people just ask me to do it. I'm like, you know what? Sure. Uh, and it's really fun writing and putting those things together. But, you know, I guess, you know, my concern is like, still, what is it that I'm going to be doing? Like, what am I going to get paid to do? And who is going to actually hire me out in that world that I'm still sort of barely touching? And I guess I can also offer the perspective of the, you know, it, having one foot in, one foot out, and still needing to step completely out one way or the other. And it's a hard place to be, to be right in the middle. Like, you know, you know, sort of, I know it's the myth, but you know, the Colossus of Rhodes, like standing across the Harbor, like that's not really how he stood or how the statue was, but that's how it feels like, Oh, I'm doing the splits across this divide right now. And I'd love to have it actually resolved. And I don't know how that's going to happen. And I'm in the middle of a lot of trying to network and get my, resume together and continue to write as much as I can about science, which is what I really am passionate about. And um, I'm hoping that through doing this, I can help other academics that are 
you know, listening out there who are like, yeah, this is a really confusing process. Uh, you know, and there's all sorts of, there's so many topics, right. To talk about with this. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. You, you were like, oh, I'm still in academia and, and that's, that's not how I see it. I see that you're literally with one feet in and one feet out and you, and I think that you're ready and totally ready to leave. You just need to find the place where you will go and get paid for that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Getting paid is important because that's something that, um, I think we tend to overlook. I remember my um, grad school PI, he was always, he always said, if you're in this for the money, then you're in the wrong business. But then again, I don't, I need to eat. I need there to be food on the table. I need a roof over my head. I live, you know, down South. I need air conditioning. That's all very important to me. And they unfortunately won't, you know, accept my latest they won't accept data from a PCR experiment for payment. Right. And, and like, yeah, I mean, this gets to a whole thing that I'm sure we'll address in the future about uh, just how academics have the attitude of, you know, we do things for free because I, I mean, right. I think it stems from a good place, but it's taken to an extreme that, you know, it, it can be truly unethical to take payment for things in some cases, but um, we all still need to make a living, right? I, I mean, unfortunately, right. and until, you know, we live in the radical new economy of, you know, perhaps the minimal income, guaranteed income, and everyone's a freelancer. Yeah, and that's, the, that's actually, you, you hit a nerve because on academia, you kind of like have a, you have a salary and, and whenever you are a postdoc, uh, you what do you do? Okay. You do research, you do experiments, you write papers, you write grants, you review papers. But as, as you get like a, getting a senior postdoc, um, it seems to me that your PI starts to get more, like give you more and more responsibility. And, and there is not really like, you don't work from eight to five. I used to do blood samples in the middle of the night. Like I used to go to the lab at 3 a.m. in the morning to, to do blood samples and to sacrifice animals. And it was like crazy. So, uh, I, and I believe that that's kind of like the mentality that you create on academia because it is, it, it's always been like this. So everybody's like that. If you, you're not going to get paid extra because you come in the middle of the night to do some experiment and right. and then on the other hand if some colleague kind of asks you to oh could you do help me measuring this running those samples on the pcr you kind of like okay sure and you hope that uh afterwards when the when the the work is published that you're going to be a co-author but because this is kind of like our money you know as, right, that's kind of your that's kind of yeah your that's the currency for for, for us like uh it's uh, abstract and 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 papers published papers but the the thing is in the real world that doesn't work like that like like amanda said you cannot uh pay your rent with 
PCR data, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that's something that I've been getting used to with uh, starting my own um, freelance editorial business and the work that I've done with Bite Size is that I have to remember that, oh, well, you know, whatever, I'm not gonna worry about check, like I check my email and I answer emails and I spend 15, 20 minutes doing that. I have to remember to bill for that time. Or like I was working on a editing a grant for somebody and I was getting close to the amount of time that I was gonna go over and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, well, you know, it's only an extra hour. But that's something that I should build. Like, it's my time, and that's what they're paying me for, and it's a valuable thing. So it's kind of a, it's a weird sort of idea to think that my time has a value. Right. And, like, I mean, at least in the life sciences, I, and like, I think this is true of all sciences, actually, um, you know, like, we're at the whim of our organisms that we work on. Like, we sort of work on their schedule, and, right. you know, I mean, plants don't take, you know, the weekend off. Um, like some of it is controllable by us, like when we set things up, but like, you know, I, I mean, I have a colleague who works on circadian rhythms and sometimes spends 48 hours straight in the lab taking samples every hour or two or something. I forget what she does, but anyway, Sounds awful. yeah, but I mean, it's, that's the experiment. That's the data, right? But yeah. like, you do what it takes. I, I mean, look, there are like geologists who climb into volcanoes yeah. that are active. You know, like you do what it takes to get to do the experiment that you have proposed to do because you just need to know. Yeah, and I think that this is another point <laughs> that everybody that uh, us scientists, we do have like, we do that because we love it. It's a passion. It's, it's, not for the, it's actually not really for the money. We don't really care because we love it and we love to do and just as Ian said we need to know so you kind of like don't care that you're going to spend 48 hours in the lab taking samples as far as after this 40 whenever those 48 hours are done you're going to have data and like you get the data and then you get That's so true. excited and it's just like a drug and i think that this is another point why it's hard to leave academia because uh, we're kind of addicted at some point to this uh, working. Right. We're addicted to this um, life of overworking, not being paid with money, but uh, being rewarded with data. And by some strange reason, we are all happy about that. And, and it's... Right. <laughs> well, we like asking questions, right? And are, are we yeah. curious about the world as like many people are, I think, but you know, we get the privilege of doing it for a living as scientists. And like, this comes to another thing with like, you know, there's a language barrier between academia and probably many other fields. Like, I mean, I still probably do not speak the language of science communication or science writing or editing even, but like, I sort of know what needs to be done and I can do it, but I don't speak the professional language yet. And like another thing that I also wonder about a little bit, it's like, and I'm just, this is just out of pure ignorance. And like, this is true in academia sometimes too, that questions just aren't welcome a lot of the time where I can be curious about something and ask a million questions and get excited like a little kid. But like, I have this sense that, you know, like, why, why are you wasting time asking all these questions? We needed to get to work. Like, but it's like, don't you wonder the answer to this? I'm like, well, no, we, we don't care. Like, you know, it doesn't matter to us at all. Uh, like, this is something that 
it comes up in the biotech world sometimes I know with, you know, creating a product. It's like, we know that this works and we don't need to know how exactly it works. Like, you know, we're not going to invest money in finding out how it works. Like we'll send an, we'll find an academic lab to collaborate with maybe, but like all we need to know is it works by our assay. And I think there's like, a, there is a language barrier there where it's hard for me to, um, like, you know, like learning to speak the language of a new career field takes time. And I think just learning to talk to people who are doing that, like, I mean, people are perfectly willing to talk to me, but I feel like a lot of times when I do an information interview, I am not asking things in a way that makes sense to the person I'm interviewing because I just don't speak the language. Well, and I think there's certain like norms, like right. cultural norms. Like there's certain things like having somebody stay in a lab for 48 hours, like having somebody stay at their workplace for 40 hours in a lot of other fields sounds kind of like cruel and unusual punishment. Right. But it's willingly Whereas, done know, in academia. Routine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, when you said it, I mean, that's a lot, but like, I've done 36-hour time points waiting for yeast to grow, so, like, it's not outside the realm, and, you know, Dr. PMS said that she came in at 3 a.m., so... Right, I mean... It's not outside the realm of possibilities, but that's... I worked the holiday weekend, thing. like, getting data right. to do this final revision of this paper I've been working on, so, like, I literally almost had no 4th of July weekend. So, like, those things are kind of considered normal in academia, but in other jobs and other positions, it's considered entirely abnormal. Like, one of the things that I found with working for Bite Size that strange, or was strange to me at first was that people go home at 5 o'clock where they are. That actually happened to me. This is something that I'm looking forward to if I ever get out of academia, like, I mean, you know, like I, I'm actually sort of looking forward to what that's like with like, oh, it's 5 p.m. And like, I'm not thinking about my job anymore. I'm not thinking about science anymore. Yeah, that's funny because my, uh, I, I have, I am on Easter time, but part of my territory is on central time. And one of my bosses is on central time as well. So right in the beginning, once I call him, and I wanted to ask a question and something about work. And then suddenly he was like, ah, what, but what are you, it's after 5 p.m. on your time. What, why are you still working? And I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked. I was like, I had work to do. So I was just working, you know? And he was kind of like, no, it's after 5 p.m. What are you doing? Just just go whatever go home go whatever go live your life you whatever you need to do you do it tomorrow and yeah it, it was it was it, it actually it shocked me i was so surprised because i guess that in academia pi will never say that to you <laughs> oh yeah no 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 i was taught so i work with some people who live in germany and so i was on the um I was trying to schedule a meeting with them and I was like, okay. And they're about six hours ahead of where I, of me. So I was trying to schedule a meeting for them at like 10:30 or 11 AM my time, which would work out to be about 4:30 or um, five their time. And they were like, no, no, I'm going to the pub. <laughs> I was like, Oh, and I was like, Oh, right. They're like, Nope. 
that's gonna be time for me to leave yeah i guess that that's that's uh that's the thing that's uh that's one of the upsides i guess of uh living in academia and yeah. having oh, eight to five and literally you normally you don't have to bring your work home and you can just leave it there because uh there's like the things are still going to be there once you're right right and i mean i think i mean one thing it might i, I don't i don't know but like one thing that might sell academia academics uh, you know that might be a good point of academics is like if there ever needs to be a, a long work day or work days like we can do it you know like it's just something that we are capable of doing I mean, it shouldn't come up often. It shouldn't be a routine thing. But if there's ever a situation at a new job where, like, oh, yeah, we need to work 24 hours to get this thing done. Like, well, guess what? Been there, done that. Yeah. and So we've talked a bit about why we're leaving academia and a bit about our transferable skills from academia to the outside world. But I kind of want to wrap things up with a bit about our goals mm -hmm. for the podcast. So um, I can go ahead and start and then I'll pass it over to you all. So my main goal was that I wanted to create a community of people for having left academia. When um, I made the decision, it just kind of, it felt like, a re like I was jumping off mm -hmm. of a cliff. And it would feel nice to have other people who have also jumped off the cliff and survived or who are in the process of jumping off the cliff in your case, Ian, and be able to assure each other that we have a soft landing and kind of talk about those common um, issues and points that we have. So I'm hoping that we'll be able to create that kind of community feeling. Yes, I guess that that's exactly, I share uh, a lot of the same feeling once I realized that um, I was definitely going to leave academia uh, there was definitely this feeling of uncertainty and being lost and I didn't know where to look for what to look for what I could do and and I realized that there is a lot of people out there that uh, have the same doubts and are passing through the same process and I just wanted to try to help them and I feel like we can share our, our experiences and and try to to make it as smooth as it can be right so I guess I'm up now um, my goals are probably similar <laughs> I I mean, one, I'm hoping to learn from um, others' wisdom about transitioning because most people are probably further along than I am in the process because I'm technically still in academia and still trying to figure out what is next and how to get there. And that's still far from clear. So building a community and trying to help people out who are going through this process also and can watch me do it as I you know, attempt to do this successfully and stick the landing. Um, they can watch you in real time. They can watch me in real time. Do it. Exactly. Because, you know, that's sort of... And we can root right, for like, you. I mean, yes. this is sort of what I've been doing with, um, you know, my life outside of the lab a little bit the last couple of years is sort of just 
tracking, you know, whoever wants to follow along has been able to follow along with me as I've talked about mental health things and now transitioning out of academia. And because I feel like while there is a, sort of a community of people who transitioned out of academia, it's also still very fragmented and we all still, still feel yes. very alone a lot of the time in our own transition process. And it's hard to know who to reach out to and whose voices will help you. And hopefully we can provide um, some of that for, you know, like we can build a community and um, have a lot of voices that will actually help, you know, a lot of us out as we figure out what we do beyond academia. And that being said, um, building a community, we do want to uh, listen to what you guys want to hear about. So um, it is, it, we already made uh, just uh, whatever we were talking about this podcast, we had, we have a, a long list of episodes that we want <laughs> yeah. and topics that we want to discuss right. uh but of course we want uh, to hear what you guys want and please so just uh we are all on twitter and we are very reachable so just talk to us yes. and and we want to be like a dialogue you know we are here for you uh and and let's do this together Yes, like I kind of want to have a feel like we're all in this together. Um, I know that I read a bunch of kind of blogs and stuff before people quit and mm -hmm. it helped to kind of feel like we weren't alone. Right. But at the same time, it's also not necessarily like that stuff is not necessarily mutually supportive. Mm -hmm. And I mean, one of my sort of things is... Like, I, I mean, maybe this is a problem for me existing in the world, like that I'm sort of anti-competitive in a lot of ways. <laughs> and like, I just I'm like, you know what, I think we can all win. And I am, mm -hmm. I'm convinced that, you know, like, I try to be a positive, a more positive voice than not, like not, you know, like I call it the, the positive thinking for positive thinking sake, I call it barfing rainbows, like, I don't want to, <laughs> but, um, you know, but having that, you know, sort of that said, like, you know, celebrating everyone's successes and, yes. um, you know, being like the support of, you know, for people who are like, well, I don't know what to do next. And I have no idea where I'm going. Like, maybe we can be a resource for people who are trying to figure that out. And um, in audio form, too, because like, as Amanda was saying, there's a lot of stuff written on the web about this. Like, you can read a lot of it going back many years. But as far as I know, there aren't that many podcasts about this topic. Yeah. And, you know, so. I want to kind of remind people that as um, I think some, I can't remember who told me, but um, I think it was Jen Polk told me that flailing is okay right. and that you don't have to have it all figured out. Um, I think that's one right. thing that was after kind of transitioning and talking to people people were telling me well yeah you do this and if it doesn't work for you like your next job is not your last job yeah that's something right. that I heard as well and that helped me a lot yeah because you kind of like have this impression whenever you are in academia that okay you want to get a tenure track a job right. and then you think that that job is going to be the same for the rest of your life and then now one thing that really helps is just to think that, okay, my next job doesn't have to be my last job. 
Right. right. And I mean, even before that, though, like there are some things you like people probably need to have figured out, which is things like like resumes and CVs, which right. I am horrible about keeping up. And I have a problem <laughs> of digital integration. Also, it's hard to know how much to put in a LinkedIn site and customizing a resume for each job is great. But then if they go look you up on LinkedIn and you have the generic one, like those two things are not going to match. Like no yeah, matter what you do. Yeah, we're going to talk do. about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. So there are things like that that like hopefully we can address a little bit and hopefully also get me to be better about doing because I'm not right now. Just for sheer yeah. lack of time and also like a thing like just psychologically academics I think have a thing of you know like we really don't focus on ourselves mm -hmm. that much your own when we're mind. like right it's not that self promotional like it's about the work not you and so when it comes to talking about ourselves we just completely fall flat and like when it's got like oh this is what I accomplished like no 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 I just sort of dusted off nature and discovered that like it wasn't like anyone could have come along and stumbled upon this. It wasn't necessary. It didn't have to be me, but it happened to be. Like I do, I take no credit for that. Uh, so like, there's that aspect to it that I hope we can address too. Yeah, I mean, I think we can talk a lot about like job hunting, finding jobs, finding your good, finding a good match for what you want to do, um, and also kind of serve as you know cheerleaders, like supportive encouragement. That sort of thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, there yeah. is a lot to cover. And yes. I hope that you stick with us. Yes, we hope that you stick with us and that you contact us and let us know what ideas you have for topics. Mm -hmm. So I think we'll wrap this up and we'll talk to you all next time. Yep. Yeah, see you next Bye. time. Talk hope to you all next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Academic Podcast. Our music is from bensound.com under a Creative Commons license. You can find us on the web at recoveringacademic.net, where you can contact us and subscribe to our newsletter. You can also find all of us on Twitter. I'm at Lady Scientist. I'm at Dr. Underscore PMS. And I'm at IH Street. And don't forget, there is sunshine outside the ivory tower. <laughs>